everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is the Coffee and Capes podcast, where we are a couple of enthusiasts who like coffee and love geek culture. And so we talk about those things. Yes. Yes, we do. Always. You have found us somewhere, somehow, but uh, John, tell us where all the places we can be found. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening to us, you are probably found us on either iTunes or Spotify or some other uh, rando podcast thing that somehow we wound, it up, wound, it, wound up on. <laughs> We're going to have to have more coffee already. Me talk uh, pretty one day. <laughs> yeah, me talk pretty one day. Um, you may be watching us on YouTube. Um, we're sure that if you are watching us on YouTube, it's only because we randomly change our backgrounds uh, to keep you entertained and distracted from our faces. Uh, also, if you uh, enjoy us, you can follow us on Instagram at coffee underscore the letter N underscore capes. Uh, we're also on Facebook at coffee, the letter N and capes. Um, and then if you want to send us, uh, drop us a line and tell us that you like the show or you have ideas, things that you want us to cover, um, and it can be movie related, it can be comic book storyline related, you know, anything along those lines, uh, don't hesitate to shoot us an email at supers at coffee, the letter N, capes.com. So those are all the places they can find us, Dave. Awesome. I'm so glad you keep track of all that because you're way better at that than I am. <laughs> So before we get into our coffee of the day, I just want to say that uh, we are recording this on Veterans Day. And uh, if the people out there, if you don't know, John is a veteran. So John, thank you for your service. Oh, thanks, Dave. Uh, yeah, happy Veterans Day, everybody. And a big shout out to uh, all my, my family members and friends who uh, served this, this great country. And, uh, you know, good on you guys. I hope you're all doing okay out there, wherever you are, and life is treating you well. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So what are we drinking today, John? What's your, what's your coffee? Well, uh, despite the fact that I'm holding, oh, you can't see it. I turned it backward. A Stumptown uh, coffee, coffee mug that I got. I'm not drinking Stumptown coffee. Uh, it's the holiday season. And while I'm a big advocate that Christmas stuff should not go up until way into December, folks, um, I do enjoy the Starbucks Christmas blend coffee. It is absolutely delicious this year. It's good every year. Um, but this year it's a rare age Sumatra blend. So really, really tasty. I'm enjoying it. And of course, as always, uh, I've got my coffee mate creamer and then, uh, uh, Ladybird Provisions uh, coffee bomb in here, which Dave, I believe you received some of those as well. I did. I'm very excited and kind of funny, but I have a Starbucks mug, but I am not drinking Starbucks. <laughs> I have uh, <clears throat> I have the Jamaican Blue Mountain, which is the same coffee I had last week. But yes, for the first time ever, I am trying uh, my coffee with a coffee bomb. So thank you very much to Ladybird Lady Provisions for uh, for letting me try some of those. You're, uh, I'm very impressed the uh, first time through. Uh, I'll admit, I was a little nervous because here's one weird quirk about me. I do not like the taste of butter. I mean, like I run away screaming. I really, really dislike butter. And I was afraid uh that you know that would mean i wouldn't like the coffee bomb but my fears were uh were unfounded it tastes really really good i've got the happy cacao happy cacao i can sound like <laughs> lightning mcqueen or something yes very <laughs> um, much so so it's uh it's very tasty and i look forward to feeling the effects of being more mentally capable maybe it'll maybe it'll show up in the podcast yeah. I if it doesn't, it's not, possible. it's not Lady Bird <laughs> Provision's fault. It's my own. Uh, yeah. And, you know, big, big shout out to, uh, to Nicole and Sarah. Nicole is a fan of the podcast. She listens to us and I've known Nicole for a very long time, but uh, thank you, Nicole and Sarah for sending out the, the care packages. Um, really appreciate it. Super sweet, super nice. And if you listen to this podcast, we highly recommend, you know, supporting them. They're a, they're a small small business who are getting bigger. Um, and that's wonderful. We love seeing that kind of stuff. 
Yeah, that's excellent. And uh, I look forward to trying some other of their products. It's great. So All right. thank you for that. Today, we are uh, continuing our, so our little bit of a trend of, of um, reviewing recent, recent movies. Today, we're going to yeah. talk about Eternals. Yeah, we are. Uh, yeah, that's true. We are. And I mean, last week we did our first uh, installment of um, kind of the the history of, you know, famous franchises, different faces. We did our first installment of that. Yep. But that was it seemed to just break up a series of movie reviews, starting with Venom and going into um, Dune, which was mm -hmm. the first one we were split on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and that's okay, Dave. You can be wrong from time to time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's one of my it's favorite okay, lines: people... "You are entitled to your wrong opinion." <laughs> yes, you are entitled to your wrong opinion. Uh, however, you know, this week, and we seem to be getting into a a period of time where we're going to have a lot of movies coming again. There's a lot. Yes. Yeah. There's a pretty open slate. Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home, as we all know, is is on its way. And if you believe what Tom Holland says, it sounds like it's going to be the Empire Strikes Back version of a Marvel movie. Very uh, kind of angsty. Um, but today we're here to talk about Eternals. Eternals. Yeah. Right. Yes. And there's yes, we are. a lot of hype. A lot of hype, a lot of, uh, lot, lot of uh, people have thoughts about this movie. Yeah, it seems pretty divided. Yeah, it, it does. And I guess I just want to take a second to remind folks that we are not professional movie reviewers. That's not our, that's not our role there. There are plenty of podcasts out there for that. We uh, intentionally use that term enthusiast that we, we, will, we, we love geek culture stuff. We're big comic book fans. We want these things to succeed. But... We also have the capability, I think, of being critical when when necessary. So yeah, it's it, kind of where yeah. we're coming at. Uh, agreed. Yeah, we're, we don't do this professionally. Like nobody's paying us for this. If they did, I don't think they're getting their money's worth. Um, <laughs> but you know, we we do this because these are the conversations that we we would hold just to, at breakfast at the Pancake Cafe in right. uh you know. Back. Shout out to Pancake Cafe in Naperville. We love Shout out to place. Pancake Cafe in Naperville. Best bacon anywhere. Ever. Hands down. Honestly. If you're ever in Naperville, Pancake Cafe, just get bacon, if nothing else. <laughs> like, if it's dinner time, order bacon. Are they open for dinner? I don't think they're no, open. No, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think so. Hence, Pancake Cafe, yes, not right. Steak Cafe. Yes. Um, but yeah, so these are the, the same, exact same conversations we would have have there. Um, and we had that idea of like, well, we should do this and let other people listen to us talk Me because too. we like hearing ourselves talk, do. Uh, but yeah, we're not professional. Um, I think with this one, there's going to be a couple of things in here. I think that we're going to probably touch on, which we've talked about this before. And one of the things that I'm, I've seen within kind of the geek culture reviewer world and thoughts world is again and i don't know why this exists within the community that is historically all about inclusion mm -hmm. but lots of blowback against like fastos and being a <sighs> you know being a gay marvel character yeah. on screen in a relationship with a kissing scene mm -hmm. that apparently has set a whole series of people off and guys you don't understand your culture if that upsets you yeah that's true right. and well in fact I, I read an article this week that uh multiple countries are are banning mm -hmm. the movie because of of the the existence of that character and the and and his married relationship and his kiss Yep. Um, and I would say to, to Marvel's credit, they are not cutting those scenes. Uh, and it might mean those, the show, the movie isn't shown in those movies out in those uh, countries, in those countries. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And, and big hat off to Marvel for just taking that sand and saying, no, this is who we are. Like we've been about inclusion for a really long time and we're not going to stop that now. Right. So well done, Marvel. And, uh, you know, whether you're a, a fan of hers or not, but I'm going to give a tip of the hat to Angelina Jolie 
for taking a very vocal and very strong stance about, Hey, get over yourselves. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, and, um, like good on you, Angelina. Yeah, good. On absolutely. You. Uh, one, what the, we, we're just going to talk about this movie and, uh, you know, we might, we might say that we might try to give a, a two second warning before a huge spoiler, but there, there's going to be spoilers involved. So if you haven't yeah. seen it and, and are the type that gets upset if things get spoiled, well, pause now, go see the movie and come back and listen to us after. Yeah, that's a good thing. We should always make sure we include that at the beginning because yeah. we just avidly talk about it. And yes, it's not a question of if there'll be spoilers. It's just a question of at what point in the podcast do they show up? Because we are nonlinear in our conversation about the movie. That's correct. Yeah. Um, so Dave, first quick take on Eternals for you. My quick, my quick eternal thoughts. Uh it's okay. Hmm. It didn't blow me away. I didn't hate it. Like some people seem to have. Mm -hmm. um, I think it aspires to be more than it's quite able to, to um, pull off. And I like, there's some things I like about it. Um, some things that kind of left me meh. But uh, I really liked the mid credit scene and I cannot wait to talk about the end credit scene because, oh my. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Those, those are, I loved those. Uh, you know, Marvel has a history of doing those things and blowing our minds with them, right? Excuse me. Uh, blowing oh, our minds with Yeah. No, speaking of this, like how, yes, they have a history. How do you not know? We've been had Marvel movies for like, what, 12, 13 years now? It's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a thing. And yet when did the still, first people Man? are walking out before the credits are done. Who, who, who's going to a Marvel movie in the year 2021 and doesn't know to stay? Let alone I don't understand. I, there's so many movies now that have picked up on that little little piece, right? That plan yes. on doing more. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll talk about that in, in a minute for sure because those were exciting and phenomenal. Um, for me, I'm I'm in the same boat, right? I, I I went and saw it last night, Dave. You went and saw it over the weekend, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. So in anticipation of this, like I really wanted to make it to the movie, um, so it's fresh in my mind, but. I, you know, I, I thought it was kind of meh, like, like you, I, I wasn't blown away by it. I didn't hate it. Um, and as I mentioned last night in a quick text that my take on it was if I could sum it up, all the other Marvel movies felt like comic book movies made by people who enjoyed comic books. This one felt like a movie being made by an Oscar winning director attempting to make like a cinematic film. Like mm. it, it just didn't feel like it fully grasped the, the concept and idea of like in general, kind of what a Marvel movie is about. Uh, it had some moments, it had some characters that I really enjoyed. Mm -hmm. I thought uh, Kingo was fantastic. Yes. And his valet, right? So uh, I, I always forget his name, but let's look it up real quick because it's so important. So uh, I'm going to mispronounce it. Is it Kamal Nanjiani played Kingo, mm -hmm. right? absolutely hilarious and he's been in lots of other stuff uh he was in a movie with dave batista uh a long time ago and he's a phenomenal actor he's got great comedic timing which came out in this film absolutely. um and harish patel right played karun his uh his valet and i thought there was a lot of heart that uh karish patel brought to the movie in areas where I thought it was lacking. Agreed. Um, 
there were a couple nods within the film towards DC that I thought were very clever and and also really cool that they did. You know, with uh, with Fastos' son talking about how Icarus was Superman and, you know, he saw him on TV and he was flying and the lasers were shooting out of his eyes and he wore a cape and, you know, did the nod towards Superman in that way. And then uh, referring to um, Karun as Alfred, mm-hmm. right? Kind of like oh. Alfred. And that was, a, um, that was a, that was a great, a great moment. And, you know, I love things like this. So here's what that tells us. And here's where I, you know, you're feel free to accuse me of thinking way too hard and deep and much about these things, but so yeah, we get the, the Alfred reference and the Superman reference, which to me says that in the Marvel cinematic universe, DC comics exist. Yes. hundred percent. That's pretty dang cool. Super cool. Right. That's, that's super cool. Um, and I think that that's a, an acknowledgement by Marvel of how important DC has been and how important, like, you can't just ignore, like, yeah. the impact that the other has had on where, like, the culture from movies to TV to collectibles to, you know, you name it, uh, the impact that each have had on the other, right? Like, it's, it's huge. For sure. It's yeah. huge. Um there's, you can't there's there's talk. very very much some um justice league parallels in the team of eternals yeah i would say so right um so it, it you know that was that was really cool um kingo haroon that interaction i felt like i could have seen more of that mm-hmm. and would have been very happy um and then there's some other characters that Again, I and maybe this one falls into the category of trying to do too much too soon. Well, yes, I agree. And I think in some ways the the deck was stacked against this movie in the sense that basically nobody's ever heard of these characters. Right. Like even, you know, even you, I don't know about you, but for me, you know, I've been reading comics for 45 years or something and I've read of the Eternals a few times, but I couldn't really tell you much about them beforehand. I, before I saw the movie last week, uh, I read the most recent, like six or seven episodes of, of the most recent version of, of Mm -hmm. of Eternals book, just to get some familiarity with the characters. Um, Because other than Icarus, I couldn't, and Cersei, uh, well, and Gilgamesh a little bit, because Gilgamesh and Cersei have in the, in the eighties were like, were um avengers and so they were in avengers comics then so but even that um like i don't i don't really i didn't really know much and and if i didn't know much like random person going to the movies is not gonna know yeah anything i you know and i i'm probably a little bit more familiar i because of uh having the the marvel unlimited app for years now a, a big fan of of that app because it allows you to go back and look at and and get caught up on things and maybe read some things that you you haven't ever thought about reading before you right. wouldn't pick up in the comic book shop right yeah those kinds of things and i came across eternals and the artwork um in kind of the first run of eternals that i came across which wasn't the first eternals from like way back in the day because i like you i i know that they were part of the Avengers at one point in time. And so there was some talk about them and probably some comic around that time as well. Um, You can Mm -hmm. find it on the Marvel Unlimited app. So it was a more recent run. And and I think just by looking at the art that it's by the same artist who did your favorite Thor run. Right, yes. Um, I don't remember his name. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, but a beautiful artwork. Absolutely beautiful artwork. It's a very distinct style. Yeah, Yeah. yes, it does. Yeah, Yeah. it's painted. That's Um, how I describe it. And even after, even with having read that, like, I still didn't walk away feeling like I understood who the characters were. So going into the movie, like, I understood who who Icarus was because he plays a very big part. But everybody else was kind of a, like, well, I don't quite get it. Um, And I think that one of the other things for me 
and I was talking to Rachel about this last night, <clears throat> and I understand that they were all created by you know the celestials and it was cool to see the celestials on oh my gosh screen. i think that's one of the high points of the movie is yeah. the celestials looked amazing Ph phenomenal phenomenal but the power set dis demonstrated by the eternals the way that it was brought to life on the screen for me felt a, a little lackluster um like it tried they tried too hard to be i guess the best word i can think of is fanciful hmm. okay right because if you look at the screen behind you and you know yeah. like the the axe in thena's hand yes is not like something that is light and you know comes out of like who knows where it's like it's, it's a physical axe it's not a right and there's some it's other not something pieces. she conjures yeah and there's yeah. some other things that were kind of you know, missing and, and whatnot. And I get that you take certain liberties yeah. within film and, and that's great. But to me, it was, I was like, yeah. I was like, it's okay. Yeah. Not well, what I, was, uh, what I was trying to say earlier was, you know, it's got, it's got to build this entire world and introduce all these characters. And all of a sudden it's a team of 10. So somehow you have to introduce 10 different characters. Like that's a lot to handle and you got to kill some off right and it created some you know a fair amount of exposition just to try to get you up to speed about who these people are and i think and, you know suffers a little bit from that to that point i think you know if we talk about the the deck being stacked against it the other piece that is so when you look at it from that standpoint it's not like building the avengers or building the justice league from like dc where each of these characters has stood on their own for an extended period of time and you can do like the standalone to bring everybody up to speed like there's never been at least to my knowledge there's never been like an icarus standalone series that has gone on for hundreds of issues right, right, right. um there's never been like a gilgamesh like you know, long running series so that people within the comics world and even slightly outside of it can go, oh yeah, okay, I know who this is. And we can make standalone movies to build that bigger universe. Whereas with Avengers, you could do that. Whereas right. with, you know, Justice League, they should have done that. Right. Um, and they made the mistake of trying to do too much too soon when they could have gone a different route. With Eternals, they couldn't have done that. You had to do it this way. Correct. Yeah. Um, I think so for let's talk about Cersei for a second. I think it was an interesting choice to make her the central character. Mm -hmm. And and I do like that they explored that a little bit that you would sort of expect um, Icarus to be the, the leader. And I, I think they explored that, especially toward the end where uh, uh, Kingo says says to Icarus, you know, whatever you decide boss i'll follow you all the way like and i think he even says you're the strongest you should lead us right yep so i do like that they're subverting that trope that often happens in in these types of stories right that they're they're putting the the leadership role on on a different type of figure and and ajax to start like she's got healing powers and can talk to the uh to the Big space gods, the celestials. Celestials. Um, no. <laughs> sorry, blanked on that for a second. Yeah, you're good. Uh, she, you know, like though that's not a traditional power set for the leader of a superhero team. Mm -hmm. No. Uh -uh. Yeah. Um. So I do like that they were that they were kind of undercutting some some of the things that we have come to expect from this type of a team. Right. I think that was really good. What's your take? So my maybe I'm thinking of the wrong character. I thought. Cersei had very different powers than what they gave her in the film. Yeah. I, I thought so she was more of a mind control and um, like sort of vampire-esque like drain life force from people. Yeah. I thought it was uh, something like I, I thought so too. And maybe I'm going to have to go back and like read. And that was another thing is I thought that the power sets were off somewhat. Um and they took some liberties there. And so it was, you know, I, 
I was a little confused by that as well. Um, yeah. Again, right? But I could be wrong because, like, like I said, like I haven't read a ton, yeah. and what I have read, uh, I haven't read enough times to have like a really solid memory. So if if yeah. somebody else out there listening to this uh, says we're wrong, like, thank you. That's it's great. Like, we'll like tell us where we can find the information, and we'll go go check it out and correct ourselves. But yeah, yeah I, I thought it, she was different. Um, which is fine. I mean, I, you know, they need to take some, some liberties. They need to make some, some changes for the film adap adaptation. We've seen that with other characters too. So I, I'm not, I'm not against the idea of it. It just was yet another thing that the film for me had to overcome because, oh, I was expecting her to have powers X and she has powers Y and I'm like, wait, what is this? And what can she do? And okay. You know, uh, one of the things for me that I, I kind of like went rounds with in my own head was this had one of the deepest moral dilemmas mm. presented out of like any Marvel movie yet, which is if you don't allow this to happen, billions of like potential life forms will never get born. But if you do allow this to happen, billions of life forms are wiped out. Yeah. Right. So you're trading yeah. one for one. Um, and I thought it was an interesting dilemma to see how it impacted people on the team. And one of the things that I, I did enjoy was the very real and honest impact that it had on Icarus. Yeah, no, I agree. I think you're hundred percent right about that. It's a, it's a very, I don't know if realistic's the right way, right word there, but it's a, it's an honest reaction. Yeah. That's, a, that's what I would say. That, that some of them would, some of them would be like, of course we need to save the earth. And some of them would be, of course we need to think ahead to, you know, seven generations and what's going to happen after. And some would be like, I'm going to choose not to decide. I still have made a choice. Thank you, Rush. But, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to just step aside and go be with my, my human family and just spend whatever time I've got. Like, I think essentially those three responses make sense. Like that's how you get a group of 10 people, eight, maybe at that point together, that's probably how it's going to go. Yeah. Right. You're going to have those that, that very much side with Icarus and understand and see a, a bigger picture mm -hmm. at stake. Right. And then you're going to have the ones that, you know, side with uh, Ajax and, and Cersei and say that, um, that there's all the people on the planet deserve an opportunity. Yeah. Right. Um, and it paints the celestials in a very different like light than I think I had ever looked at them before. Right. Um, For sure. Yeah. I, I don't you know. know if we've ever, if this has been presented, this idea of how celestials are born has been presented in the comics. I haven't seen it, which doesn't mean it's not yeah. there. It just means I haven't seen it. So, right. Yeah. I never come across it. Um, and the visuals of that whole thing were astounding. I thought like the phenomenal <laughs> watching the celestial, like, you know, in the, memory chamber thing or whatever like where it's coming like literally coming out of the earth like a so cool exiting an like, egg or something like it's it was, it was intense yeah and then at the end where in the big final battle right seeing the hand like forming up out of the ocean and the head starting to come out of the water and mm -hmm. you know and i think that and some people may look at this differently but i i think that one of the important takeaways was for me was that Icarus really never changed his mind about what should take place. Yeah. Right. You could easily say that he did based on what happened, like joining the Unimind towards the end, but he didn't do that because he wanted to, like he changed his mind and decided all the people are worth saving. Like when it did his flashback, through his thought process, he just didn't want to hurt Cersei. Right. Like his love for Cersei is what led him to not, like he couldn't take her out. Right. Right. Yes. And I just wish, I think that scene would have landed better if somehow there'd been better chemistry 
between Icarus and Cersei. Like, I felt like it just was a little cold. Like, I just, I didn't, I didn't, I'm gonna say I didn't buy them as this, like, you know, whatever it was, 5,000 year relationship, like grand yeah, story. It just didn't, didn't, it didn't land really. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the other thing too, and, and Rachel and I talked about this, which we were walking out of the movie theater. Honestly, I probably could have done without the romantic relationship between the two of them. Like the, the one, to your point, it didn't land, right? It felt cold. It, it didn't like make sense. You could have done something to tweak the end, you know, for it to make sense. But it was, it was, it felt like, again, an Oscar winning director trying to make an, you know, a relationship that you would find in an Oscar winning movie. And if you think about <clears throat> like the relationships that you've seen portrayed on screen throughout like comic movies, they're there and they're done in a way that like you, you see the connection and that connection mm -hmm. is usually brought through like trial, tribulation, survival, those kinds of things, right? This one was brought about by time. And, and to your point, I think part of the reason that it fell flat is because we're expected to try and travel this 5,000 year relationship without seeing 5,000 years worth of relationship to building. So it just, it just felt unnecessary at that point. Yeah. And the, the scene fairly early on where Icarus says to Ajax, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm, I won't let my feelings for Cersei get in the way of something or other. And, and I remember thinking, what, like, where, where did that come from? Like, it's, you know, it's the old show don't tell. Like, yeah, it, it's fine for the one character to say, I love you to the other one. I have feelings for you, but it never really showed. It didn't feel. And, and I don't. The relationship between Fastos and his husband was stronger to me yes! than the relationship between Cersei and Icarus. That's it a great point. That's felt... a great point. It totally was. Yeah. It felt more genuine, more real, yeah. more love than the one that at any point in time that we saw Cersei and Icarus. And I'm going to be real honest. Like I didn't need the Cersei Icarus lovemaking in the sand scene, like wholly unnecessary to me. Like, cause it's not, I don't know. It just like, I was like, meh. Yeah. I mean, I think I read a thing from the director and I believe her name is pronounced Chloe Zhao. Yeah. Um, and I have, I've heard good things about, obviously no man land and uh, uh the writer i haven't seen either of those i know they're like really well regarded um and i think i read something where she said something along the lines of we wanted to uh, you know fully express fully embody if you will the love that these two characters share so on that level i'm i'm fine with them having a pretty chaste love scene but it didn't again it didn't really it didn't feel like it was paying anything off because we hadn't gotten to that point there just was no spark there you know yeah, like, I really they, thought I really thought Cersei had uh, had a had more chemistry with uh, with, Dane. with Dane. Yeah, I agree with you, like completely. And I and again in conversation after the movie last night, I even stated I was like, Dane felt so important at the beginning, uh huh, and then was gone. Yeah, and then was so important <laughs> at the end. <laughs> right, right, like right. hugely important at the end. Yeah, in so many ways, but like. That to, to me, so I, I agree with you. There was just more chemistry there. There was more chemistry between Bastos and his wife. There was more chemistry between husband Kingo and, and Kulan, right? Uh, yeah. There was just, to that matter, I thought there was more love between Gilgamesh and Thena. Absolutely. Cersei yes. and Icarus. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so that to me <sighs> felt like an unnecessary like relationship. Um, and you could have done the movie in a way that, it, you know, where that wasn't a piece of it and you could have still ended it the way that you did. Right. Because when you think of the kind of the sacrifice that Gilgamesh makes for Thena, it felt more honest. It felt more earned because you'd seen that love and, you know, it's, it's left sort of your imagination. Is it, is it? Was their relationship um, purely platonic? Was it, you know, romantic love? It's it's not exactly clear, and I'm fine with that. But 
totally cool with it that. definitely had but you could so without the romantic angle yeah you could still see that there was love between them and that's why gilgamesh did what he did yes and you know and what that, I, you could have done that with with cersei and icarus yes you could have you could have hundred percent and you know again like there were other relationships drug and uh i think her name was pronounced makari the the reveal at the end of those two and how much they cared about each other yes right that was like oh this feels genuine right but again icarus and cersei and i think what it was was there was an implied sacrifice that icarus made where he left the relationship with Cersei because he knew what was going to happen and couldn't handle lying to her anymore, mm -hmm. right? So that's an implied sacrifice. But it didn't feel like a sacrifice. It felt like, especially the way that he reacted at the end, yeah, that he was just, just you know, doing his mission. Whereas the... the reality of like people willing to sacrifice for one another and doing something to, because of the fact that they cared and their reaction towards caring for one another of the other character relationships within the film were much stronger and centralizing it around trying to centralize it around Icarus and Cersei when there were so many other better relationships throughout the film happening was tough. Like it's tough. Um, and Chloe's out, like no knock on Chloe's out as a as a director. I mean, I've obviously directed millions of things, <laughs> so I can judge. Um, right. But no, so, you know, no knock on her. She's she's won an Oscar. I've never won an Oscar. I've never hell. I've never made a movie. Right. This is the closest I've ever gotten to directing anything. Um, <laughs> and I don't direct this. This is free flowing. So but this. It just like it felt. Like it, think, right. And in a similar vein, I'll say, I think it's possible Richard Madden, the, mm -hmm. the actor who plays Icarus, just kind of is a little wooden. Like that might just be kind of his thing. Like, you know, he, I've seen him in, I, I'm not like I've watched everything, but, you know, I remember him in Game of Thrones. I remember him in, uh, is it Cinderella? One of the, I think he was in Cinderella. No, no, um, no, no. Yeah, I think he was the that. prince in Cinderella. And he just, okay. same kind of, you know, it's not a, not bad, but maybe he's just not like great at emoting. Maybe because I tears mean, at the end just didn't seem earned. I don't. I don't know. I you know I I saw I saw him in Game of Thrones. I thought he was great in Game of Thrones. Uh, I thought he, you know, but I I would say that in this like he felt very stiff. Yeah. He felt honestly though. I, I'm going to take that back. I think he felt like a dutiful soldier. Mm, okay. Right. Okay. That's yeah. That's fair. Like um, uh, a leader, like from a militaristic standpoint, like somebody who took their job. Yeah. This is my job. Everything given else this out mission. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everything yeah. else outside of this, and everything else was was easy to sacrifice in that regard. You know, he loved Ajax, but when Ajax had that conversation, like, yeah, he chucked her off the cliff and fed her to the deviants. Right. Yeah. Um, I will say. One of the things that I thought was super fascinating and I actually really enjoyed was the evolution of the main deviant when mm -hmm. it took power from Gilgamesh and was able to vocalize like its emotions and realizations and everything else. And you were like, this is something I felt like I wanted to see more of. Right. Right. I wanted to hear more from it. Yeah. I, you know, the battle with Thena was great. Um, Angelina Jolie, I thought, really did a great job in her character. Yeah. I uh, wish they'd given her more to do. I wish they hadn't sidelined yeah. her so much. And yeah. Um, but I, and, I get like, I guess you kind of understand why they did because she went crazy. Right. Which again, that's another piece where. I think there's there's the seed of something interesting there. Like here's a person like of the 10 of them, as far as we knew at the moment, she was the one that remembered like and her memories were haunting her and the memories of past battles were haunting her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's there's something. There's something interesting there, I think there's something um, 
that could be explored, but instead it was sort of just, well, she has this mental, it was sort of used, I thought, as, well, she has this mental health issue, and so that's going to keep her out of the battle for, for a little bit. Right. Although I will say, uh, <laughs> one of she had one of my favorite lines towards the end when she squares off, she gets ready to square off with Icarus, and Icarus is like, you've never fought me before. And her response with a smile is like, but I've always wanted to. Right. And she just goes right at him. And I was like, nicely done. Yeah, yeah. It kind of reminded me of that moment we've talked about with uh, Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman, where she gets that little, yeah. when Doomsday really hits her and she she realizes this is a real fight, she gets that little, ooh, hey, okay. Smirk. Um, and Thena had a similar thing. And there's probably yeah. a lot of parallels between Thena and Wonder Woman too. For sure. And and you know, one of the things I've, I've found super cool was the use of Makari's uh, speed as a, as a weapon going mm -hmm. from, you know, there, there was the typical stuff of like, you know, super fast punching and hitting from all sides. But what I thought was really cool is getting up to the sound barrier breaking point and using that like sound barrier explosion to like hit people. Yeah. It was a, that was probably one of the coolest uses of a power in the entire film for me. Like, that was great. It um, was. yeah. Should we talk about the the best part, the whole thing? <laughs> um, yes. In just a moment, let me. I just want to say one more thing about it. I I think uh, the druid character was interesting. Yeah. Um. And you you know I like how they played on that. So the what what little I've read recently of the the Eternals books is the druid is kind of the anti-hero or sort of the sort of set up to be the the antagonist yeah and and they played into that and then he kind of comes around and so i kind of like that little redemption story for him and that he turns out not to be the ultimate baddie and the and the ultimate betrayer in the i thought that was cool story. too yeah yeah i, I, I like I that. that as well and even just the whole experiment of okay you have these powers what are you going to do with them when you're living for a long long time and he it's like I can't protect every well, maybe I could protect everybody, but I'm gonna at least I'm gonna create this community and protect slash control this community. And is that I mean it really straddles the line, I think, between is this an okay use of your power? And in his mind he thought it was, but you know, another thing where like there's a there's something interesting there, but just because the film has so much to do, it doesn't have time to really explore that greatly. Yeah, I agree with you. His character, I liked his character. I liked his character's arc going from the, I'm not going to let like these people tear each other apart. Yeah. And while this may be morally apprehensible to some of you, right? It's morally apprehensible to me that we don't use our powers to step in and save them from themselves. Like that was his that was the take I got from him when he walked down the steps and, yeah. you know, essentially like stopped everybody and made them all follow him. We assume out into the jungle where he created that own little, his own little area. Yeah. Um, and he basically told him, if you're going to stop me, you have to kill me. And then when we see him again, you know, he's essentially taken a group of people and, and kept them in the jungle away from society for a long period of time to keep them safe. Like in his mind, doing what he what he needs to do to keep them safe. And he's got very clear ideas about how everybody has failed this planet of people. Right. So here's the question that raises for me. If he's willing to kind of break the rules and decide he's going to protect these folks and intervene when he's not supposed to. Are you satisfied with their answer for why they didn't? step up when thanos came to came to the world that's and that's a tough one right that's a tough one especially and here's the other piece of that if icarus knows what their mission really is mm -hmm. right if he knows what that mission really is he understands that thanos snapping his fingers puts that mission at risk why did he not come out and yeah. and join in on the fight with thanos right Right. So that's, that's, a and you could say, right. It's our job not to interfere in that way. Um, but right. It, it's, it's one of those kind of plot holes within yeah. the storyline that you're like, well, 
Right. It reminds me of the the in the DC cinematic universe where okay, Wonder Woman's done this amazing thing and then she somehow goes away for 70 years and doesn't like and nobody knows like what you've been doing. Like, and you know, it, it's hard to retcon that back in. Yeah, it's like the invisible jet. <laughs> Why is there an invisible jet if she can fly and lasso lightning? You can't, it's it's hard to go back and explain that one. Yeah. Right. It's also yeah. like the the spider mobile. Why is <laughs> why is he driving a vehicle that can climb walls if he doesn't need it? <laughs> and he can go faster. <laughs> you know, there's just there's just some random sure. potholes that yeah. potholes that show up. I do right, want right. to say before we move on into the into uh Dane. Yes. Right. So excited. Uh the there was an interesting idea brought up about if you caught the Kingo statement of uh, Thor used to chase me around all the time when he was a kid and now he won't even return my calls. I missed that. Oh, they were all sitting around having dinner at Gil, uh, yeah, Gilgamesh's and Thena's place. Yeah. And they're talking about the Avengers and right. Kingo states, he's like, Thor used to chase me around Asgard when I would visit and he was a little kid. He goes, and now he won't even return my calls. Which, again, right, goes to the interesting statement of, like, how does that impact the Thanos thing? Yeah. Right? Because now the question begs, if Thor knows about the Eternals. Yeah. And Thanos comes in and does this. Why didn't Thor go and talk to the Eternals? Right. Or did he and did they turn him down? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I guess that'd be the easiest way to explain it away. Oh yeah. He, he tried, but he didn't, he didn't. Uh, right. They didn't get um, But wow. I totally missed that. Daggone. That's right. If you ever feel the need to go back and watch it, that'll be the reason to do it. <laughs> when it comes out on Disney plus, I'll watch it again. Yeah. I, I don't know what um, I'm paying to see it again. One other thing about Kingo that I really liked was the, his explanation of, you know, he's got the post, the list, the movie posters. He's like, well, this is my great grandfather. And this is <laughs> but like playing him playing his own descendants yeah really reminded me of um highlander and especially Highlander oh, yeah. the, the series like the way they would have to like set themselves up to right tr try the not Bollywood to draw dynasty. yeah yeah I, I thought that dynasty. was brilliant i mean everything about the kingo character was fun and good mm -hmm. other than his power was a little weird like he shoots lasers out of his fingers or something were they lasers or were they little like laser balls oh, i don't know yeah, anyway don't know. little mini yeah. and that was that was the thing it's like how powerful are they like it was yeah. anyway um i okay, think we well, should before we get on. to the end credit scene i think we got to do the mid credit scene yeah we got to do the mid credit scene first yes if you are a follower of the comics right especially of the thanos like family history storyline and how that's impacted like across the galaxy and across the universe that mid-credit scene had a lot like a lot of impact or potential impact mm -hmm. on the future of the mcu with uh arrows showing up yes right and for those of you that don't know uh dave would you like to explain who that is so eros is Thanos's brother, uh, who goes by the the codename Starfox, mm -hmm. and he has uh, some strength. At least from what I remember from uh, when Starfox was in the Avengers in the '80s in the comics, he can fly. He's got some strength, and he has um, like what Spider Woman calls her pheromone powers. Like he has the ability to yes. to make people like him, mm -hmm. um, sort of akin to the eros the, the the god of love yeah. the god of love yeah exactly yeah. like um and he's very charismatic and supposed to be very handsome and um my my almost 16 year old son who saw the movie with me tells me that that was harry styles that played him and so they're trying to be a uh, handsome you know charismatic yes. person i'm too old and unhip to recognize him by sight so i didn't it did not throw me off that that was harry styles because i didn't know and didn't care yeah i i I knew it was Harry Styles just because I had caught a little something about him being in it. Um, and I saw on IMDb who he was. And I was like, oh, well, where is he showing up? Um, at what point does he show up? So seeing him in the, in the mid-credit scene, I was excited. Mm -hmm. uh, it was 
not something that like I, I wasn't expecting to see at some point, right? But the impact that that could potentially have on, so it brings up multiple questions, right? Because Thanos is gone. Yeah. Right? But Thanos yeah. has died in the comics so many times and then popped back up. Correct. And if Thanos is technically an Eternal and the Eternals don't technically die, are we going to see him again? Right. And at least in some relatively recent run, Thanos' brother, Eros, was the vessel that Thanos used in order to come back. Yes. Yep. 100%, right? That was actually, I, I read that uh, just recently. That was one of the theories like that was being posted around was that uh, because of that run in the comics that this is, you know, could Thanos be manipulating everything and coming back? Yeah. Which, okay, that would be pretty cool. Right. But are we seeing a... Man, are we are we seeing a, a new? You know what? We got to talk about the end because it all ties together. Like the thought that I'm having that I had, like it does. But I, I think the, gosh, the here's what I'll give Marvel credit for with this movie. They're just going for it, man. Like mm -hmm. in so far in Phase Four, they're like, we're going to give you characters you've never heard of and. And have no reason to care about, but we are going to go with it. And we're really going to expand this universe. Yeah. And I feel like that's sort of well represented with Star Fox because nobody knows who Star Fox is, but unless you're old and <laughs> read Avengers. Right. Unless you're, unless you're a comic enthusiast. Yeah, right. And I just, I, I appreciate that they're like, no, we're really going to expand. And, you know, and they set up perhaps uh, what's the, uh celestial's name arsh arshram urshram urshram mm -hmm. whatever like the i'm gonna come back and judge you like setting that up as like a a future big battle yeah. uh that's gonna huge yeah right so that's huge. I, I appreciate all of that that they're doing that they're they're really you know marvel's always playing the long game i think um Swinging and, for the fences. Yes, exactly. So like they're just I appreciate straight up it. swinging for the fences. Yeah, yeah I, I really enjoyed that. I like that they're, to your point, like taking some some bigger swings with phase four. Yeah. Um, and so Dane Whitman. Yes. Totally missed it at the beginning. I did too. Right. And then yes. at the end. At the end, when he goes, hey, since we're not having any more secrets, my family has a yes. complicated and I just clicked. Me too. And I, I turned went. to Josh. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is yeah. Black Knight. Yeah. Right. And I and I was like, I get it now. I'm, I got so excited. I yes. was like, yes. OK, I like this is this is Black Knight, because if you've read the comics and they just did a, a recent like five issue uh, run of Black Knight. Um, which was great. I read it and it was really good. Really, really good. And he's, he's got like a phenomenally strong, like power set um, when he's got the sword. And then that final scene yes. where he opens it up and there's yes. the ebony blade. Yes. And just before he touches that, we hear the off camera. Are you sure you want to do that? Mr. Whitman. Mr. Whitman. Now, couple of things there right so a couple things i really liked that they set they set you up with the for that to be the ebony blade with the earlier conversation about where Athena's like had the sword and like is that excalibur yes like kind of reminding you of that of that world like yes. kind of like and i just i can't believe i missed that clue at the first time through yeah. And or or even just this fact that his name's Dane. How many Danes are there? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Lot. Just totally like, yeah, like at the beginning of the movie, just right over my head. I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But oh, I got same. I got so excited when it dawned on me that this is Black Knight. And yeah, he opens the case and there's, you know, is that what's on the blades? Is that is that symbiote? Are they setting up 
something with Null? Is there going to be a connection to and and supposedly uh, Gore the God Butcher who has the 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 all black sword, which is connected to Null the symbiote god? Like, are they are they making connections to 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 Thor Love and Thunder? Because supposedly Gore is yeah. going to be the the going to be the main bad guy in that. And yeah. then the voice. Who is the voice though? Okay. So dummy me, my first thought was, oh, it's uh it's it's Nick Fury. Yeah, right. That's a, it's the popular theory out there is that it's Nick Fury. And then and then my son said, no, that's the watcher. I'm like, oh, that makes way more sense. And then I got super, super excited that they're totally bringing in the the uh, the multiverse thing there and that that was Jeffrey Wright's voice. And then a little bit of uh, Internet sleuthing. OK, says that, no, that's actually Marashala Ali's voice. That's who's going to play Blade. Right. So. Is that confirmed, though, that it, that's whose voice it was? Because I saw the same rumor, right? And it goes alongside of, like, it's Nick Fury, it's Marshall Ali, it's... I, I hadn't seen, you know, anything about The Watcher, um, which would be cool, right? But my my question is, and this just kicked open, like, so much when I was like, well, if it's Nick Fury, because they're setting up multiple things, right? They've mm-hmm. been setting up multiple things. Like, we're right. getting a Thunderbolts movie. That's been, like, confirmed there's going to be a Thunderbolts movie. That's confirmed? Um, or at least oh, wow. an, uh, a show or something. A show or something, right? Okay. That's, that's happening. So that's cool. They set up Thunderbolts. They're setting up the multiverse with... Uh, you know, well, they've already kind of set it up with Loki and, and with and WandaVision, but it's going to go even, I think we're going to see a, a bigger version of it with Spider-Man No Way Home as they bring in like Dr. Green Strange. Goblin and, and yeah. everybody right. else. Right. We know that we're getting a secret invasion show, mm-hmm. right? With the scrolls. I'm going to go a really long route here, Right. Because we also know the Black Knight wound up being on the Avengers. Yes. Right? I hadn't thought about the Null thing until you just brought it up. But if we just kind of follow the logical steps within the route that they're going, there is who takes down, who helps to take down the scrolls in Secret Invasion? Norman Osborn's Thunderbolts. Yeah. Norman Osborn's Thunderbolts then become the Dark Avengers. The Dark Avengers. Yeah. And then Nick Fury and everybody comes in, right? And remember, we see the symbiote take on somebody else to be in the Thunderbolts, right? And in right. right? So there's a version of Spider-Man in the Thunderbolts. Yeah. Um, but then we see Nick Fury, like they come back around. Maria Hill brings the Avengers back around, and the Avengers, you know, eventually take down Norman Osborn and the Thunderbolts. So there's this long, like, possible route that this could be going, yeah. right? And I think that we're seeing a, a division in Marvel for kind of the first time. And what I think we're going to start seeing is I think we're going to see for a while anyway, until they get to a point where they bring them all back together, I think we're going to see phase four split and you're going to have your earthbound, mm-hmm. like kind of hero teams that we're aware of. Like you're going to have whatever happens after Spider-Man No Way Home. You've got Doctor Strange. The multiverse is going to be very focused around like, we'll see the Thunderbolts. We're going to see, you know, Shang-Chi. And clearly we're getting another Avengers team, whatever that ends up looking like, mm-hmm. right? Yes out in the universe we're seeing uh the eternals come into play we've got adam warlock coming to guardians of the galaxy right so uh, nova uh film is possibly in the works which would be phenomenal you could go while you're doing kind of the dark avengers like secret invasion run on earth you would hand it seems like you could easily be headed towards annihilation wave Ooh, in yeah. 
in the like MCU galaxy kind of world. Wow. Yeah. And where does Blade fit in all that? I wonder. Right. Because we know well, we're getting a Blade movie. We know we're getting a Blade movie, right? And we're getting a, a Blade movie. And what does that open up for that group? Yeah. Right. I mean, we also know recently Blade became an Avenger. Correct. Yes. So now yeah. if there's no, like, it's very possible that Blade becomes a catalyst for kind of, you know, helping to build a new Avenger. I mean, we know we're getting a Captain America film with Sam Wilson. Yeah. Right. I think they're setting up a young Avengers with Ironheart, Ms. Marvel, um, Kate Bishop, right? Yes. As yeah. Hawkeye. Uh, rumors that Miles Morales might show up in the, in the MCU. Gosh, how great would that be? Uh, I have theories on Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> and that, and with the Goblin showing up. Yeah. Did you ever read Ultimate Spider-Man? This series? Um, some. Some. I, it's been a while. Don't and how Miles Morales like shows up because Peter Parker's killed yes. right, by the yes. goblin. Yeah. Yeah, that I ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you're saying no way home might go super dark. Very well could. Yeah. Right? Very well could. What if they're setting up like the ultimate? Like, there's so much that's right. Oh, that'd be so sad if Tom Holland. I mean, I guess Tom Holland has to stop playing Spider-Man at some point, but daggone that kid's good at it he's really good at it uh so the dane dane whitman thing yes. though, like kicks open that that was included in this uh and that we saw star fox show up star fox is kind of a logical leap for the eternals yeah right um dane whitman's dane, not <laughs> no and and goes and sets up something different yes right and isn't the in the ebony blade i mean bringing it back around to to null i have not gotten to the end of uh the king in black storyline in comics uh but isn't the isn't the ebony blade possibly one of the things that's good that could hurt i'm not saying null. anything you gotta, okay. you gotta finish right. reading it and then right. we can Fair talk enough. about the null and black yeah 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 uh, but i just you know as black knight has been connected to so many different groups Right over the years, I think um, obviously he's been with the Avengers some. Like, yeah. did, he, did he have a run with the Defenders for a while? Maybe and he's been around. Yeah, he, he's he's been around, and he's he's one of those that like nobody really ever takes super seriously. Right. You know, but like that connection to the Ebony Blade is really powerful. Right. And what's the? Is there a comic precedent for him? he and blade hanging out i don't know i can't i'm gonna have to go look yeah um so uh, i don't know like we'll see yeah we'll see but it, it definitely opens up tons and tons it like there's so many things now that could happen in phase four yeah right uh my hope is because this is uh eternals was the lowest uh rated movie in the marvel mcu to date um lower than like thor dark world that my hope is is that uh and marvel doesn't usually just scrap things because of a like a lower review right right um they usually just go back and and they're kind of the opposite of dc they like to go back and say well, we'll do it again but how do we do it better hmm. right how do we make this make sense for everybody yeah um so that my hope is that that's what happens right because there's a lot to be explored now and to not get that explored i think would make kind of taking this big swing that made it you know landed a little bit every now and then and and i think we mentioned this in the beginning but both of us the movie was okay yeah it wasn't great wasn't bad yeah it was vanilla yeah right it whelmed it wasn't overwhelming. It wasn't <laughs> underwhelming. It whelmed. I think yeah. that should be our rating system now. I like it. I like it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you're um, listening, we have just decided our rating system is now we were either underwhelmed, 
overwhelmed or we were just whelmed. This for me gets a whelmed. Yeah, same. I'm, I was whelmed by this. Yeah. Overall. Um, moments of overwhelmed, moments of underwhelmed, but overall whelmed. Yeah. I mean, just kind of landed in the middle. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. It, it, the so, end credit scenes. Must so, so good. Yeah. It, unfortunately, it's probably not a great sign when the end credit scenes, the best part of the movie. <laughs> but or it's just a sign of like what just happened yeah because right? yeah. i've done that so many times with with like marvel movies where you're like this is amazing and then it gets to the end credit and you're like oh my god right what does this mean yeah so i don't i don't take that as a negative yeah. so if you haven't seen it yet go see go see yeah. eternals let us know what you think Drop a comment in below. Let us know if you agree with us or you disagree. What was your favorite part of the movie? Did you like the characters? Did you not like the characters? You know, and uh, remember, be kind. Rewind. Be kind. Exactly. Yeah, like, be, like kind. be kind. You can uh, have opinions and be nice with your opinions, right? Be constructive. It's it's super easy to... That sucked, man. Yeah, yeah. like super easy to that. go down that road. Yeah, like you can just say, "Hey, I was underwhelmed." Maybe <laughs> we can get everybody to take on the whelmed, underwhelmed, overwhelmed like version, which just seems like, "Hey, it's a nicer way of saying I didn't really care for it." Yeah, yeah. Well, we hope you're overwhelmed by our podcast. But yeah. even if you're not, we'll you're take allowed. whelmed. Yeah, we'll take whelmed. We'll take whelmed. Yeah, even if you're not, you're you're allowed your wrong opinion. No, just kidding. yeah. And if you're underwhelmed by us, send us comments on how to help you Get better. Be overwhelmed. Yes, yes, exactly. We're very open to that. Help us be more whelming. Yes, help us Let's to be more. Improve our whelming and <laughs> our whelming metric. Yeah. Well, Dave. Awesome. Thanks, John. This was fun. Once again, happy uh, Veterans Day to you and to uh, thanks, all sir. our veterans out there. And thanks for listening. Find us in all the places: Instagram and. Uh, Facebook and YouTube, iTunes and, and Spotify. And Spotify. And, yeah, please follow things. us. Yeah, we we need the attention. We appreciate it. So uh, until next time, be well, and we'll see you. Bye, guys. Bye.